Well, good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. This program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions, just hit the contact me button, and that gives you the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll do what we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Also, while you're there, make sure you hit the Radio Shows tab, and at the top of the page, you'll see the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is a link to the Facebook page set up for the show. And uh, there won't be too much going on there for the next few weeks, because I'm still in Facebook jail. I'm a recidivist, a Facebook felon. Been in Facebook jail more than I've been out this year. I think I've had six 30-day stints, something like that. The food sucks. No, <laughs> no, just kidding. But anyway, um, I encourage you to still look at some of the things there. There's stuff that hasn't been taken down and censored, so uh, there is some stuff there. And when we get back, we'll start posting the truth again and see where we go. Uh, let's see. The chat room that's at the bottom of the page, I have not had a chance to disconnect that, but uh, we're not using that anymore since we're on Jitsi and it has its own chat system. I think I've notified everybody that's usually in that chat that uh, brought them over here. I see Rebecca. That's great. And uh, I'm not sure if that M is Mark or not sure here. Let me see here. Nope, that's Meg. Um, anyway, uh, those of you that were in the uh, old chat, this one I think you'll find is pretty nice. And it's uh, kind of handy because it's connected to the show. You can see who's here and all that good stuff. But uh, also, and let's see here. Uh, Somebody unmuted. I'm going to go ahead and remute everyone because there's some background sounds. Um, if you just try and keep keep aware of that, if if you're not going to talk, just keep the thing muted. That way, we don't have to worry about background noise and shuffling papers and clinking around and that kind of stuff. Uh, but feel free if you have a question to, to unmute. Um, also. Uh, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Eurofolk Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only so that uh, as a responsible adult, you can use the show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence so you can make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, the number to call into the show is 614-426-8787. 
That's 614-426-8787. One last time, 614-426-8787. And if you're on Skype, you can send a contact request to Sarge45ACP. That's S-A-R-G-E, the number's 45, and the letter's A-C-P as in Paul. And uh, we'll just mention you're a listener. We'll get you approved, and then from that point on, you can call in on Skype. Or, even better, uh, check the website, and it tells you how to get into Jitsi. And uh, you don't have to go through all that hassle. You just click the link, and your print takes you right in on your browser, and you're in the, in the room, and you're ready to go, which is uh, really cool and convenient. So anyway, I'm just get this thing out of the way here, and... Um, We'll just uh, continue on. Uh, had to run out this morning, had a, a dentist appointment, uh, checking out a new dentist that my old dentist recommended when he was retiring. And I walk into the thing and I see this sign on the door that says, if you're not vaccinated, you need to wear a face mask. And I'm going, oh, here we go. <laughs> One thing after another. And I go inside there and sure enough, most of the people in the place are wearing face diapers. Um, and there's a few that aren't. And, uh, the girl with the, they have this plexiglass glass crap across the entry thing. And she's, you know, standing there with her white or blue suit and her face mask on. And says, sir, if you don't have, if you have, have you, uh, have you been vaccinated? And I said, that's nobody's business. <laughs> well, we just ask that if you haven't been, that you wear a face mask. And I said, I'm not wearing a face mask. I have a medical and religious exemption. And so do you have anything to show that? I Pull the thing out of my car that I keep posted on the website and say, here you go. Oh, can we make this cup? Help yourself. So she makes a copy of it to put in my file. And thank goodness they didn't give me any grief about it. But uh, it got me off on kind of a rocky start. But everything, actually, it was a pretty nice uh, place. The, uh, the people were decent. And like I said, and this girl, she was just doing her job. And it's more my fault that I just automatically copped an attitude. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm so sick of the stupidity of all this stuff. But uh, actually, it was a relatively good experience. Uh, walked in, walked out, got rescheduled for the next one and uh, didn't have to pay anything. Thank goodness. That was nice. And hopefully the insurance covers it all. But, um, you know, it was, it was interesting to say the least. And then, uh, when I get home, I'm looking at some of the stuff that's going on and I see this, um, uh, thing on, uh, um, shoot, what was it? Telegram. And here's this, this mom who was denied access to their cardiologist. I want to play this for you here. It's kind of, kind of sad. I've had a cardiologist appointment scheduled since May. It is now August. Today is my appointment. I show up for that appointment wearing a mask, he's wearing a mask, and I'm told that because I am not vaccinated and because he is too young to be vaccinated, I can't be seen. A five-month pregnant woman who is having heart problems cannot see the cardiologist she has waited months to see because I'm not vaccinated. Tell me again that it's about public health. These doctors and nurses should be f***ing ashamed of themselves for turning away a patient who needs help because of their vaccination status. un real. And that's happening more and more and more and more. They are trying to further divide us. Joe Biden, the great... Uh, what did he say? He was going to unite the country. Everybody was going to be brought together under the Biden abomination. 
and uh, look what's happening. And he is uh, continuing the work that his predecessor, old uh, Barry Satoro, did. Uh, and was, I mean, nobody divided this country more than old Barry. But Obama's, Jim? or the, oh, Biden there I didn't hear, I didn't really hear what it. played there, Jim. What's that? Yeah. I, I didn't, didn't hear the play. play. It didn't come through? Not nope. on Jitsi, I'm going to get. That is weird. Um, and I had everything set. Let me check something here. Do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, that should have played. That's strange. I don't know why it, um, make sure I've got it set up there too. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to have to do a little more research. Let me try and play it again here. See, uh, I've had a cardiologist appointment scheduled since May. Uh, it is now August. Let's see here. Today is my appointment. I show up for that appointment. I think I see what the problem is. Hold on just a minute. Um, do, do, do. There's the problem. Okay. Do, 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 do. Drop in. Where is it? There we go. That should. And I just love this new stuff on the fly, you know. <laughs> Every time I think I have everything figured out, and there's just one audio source that I didn't have dropped in here. Let me, does it, uh, well, let's back it up and make sure it's at the beginning. Do, do, come on, there we go. Let's try this again. Oop, wrong one. I hate when that happens to you. I've had a cardiologist appointment scheduled since May. It is now August. Today is my appointment. I show up for that appointment wearing a mask. He's wearing a mask. And I'm told that because I am not vaccinated and because he is too young to be vaccinated, I can't be seen. A five-month pregnant woman who is having heart problems cannot see the cardiologist she has waited months to see because I'm not vaccinated. Tell me again that it's about public health. These doctors and nurses should be f***ing ashamed of themselves for turning away a patient who needs help because of their vaccination status. un real Hopefully you heard it that time. Anybody want to chime in and yep. let me know? Yes, sir. Fantastic. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah, I thought I had all the different audio sources. I had to pick each one, whether it's my, my music program or the... Um, uh, any of the browsers or a video player, I have to put each of those into a queue that basically when I play something, it feeds them through to all the different uh, places they have to go. And I forgot to put my audio player in there. Again, I apologize, but I think we got it fixed and uh, we can carry on. So yeah, basically this, this is the kind of thing that's going on uh, all over the place now. And Thank goodness it, it's mostly I, I don't know where this young where this lady was from, uh, but it seems like it's the bigger cities are the the worst. Uh, and the, and again, the thing that really makes me mad is you would think that the medical profession, uh, the so-called healthcare providers, which they are not, as if you listen to me any time at all, you'll know that the healthcare is not you know MDs do not do healthcare. They do symptom suppression and disease management. 
Big, big, big difference. You know, if you went to someone that provided health care, you would walk in, they would fix your problem, and you would leave, and you'd never see them again unless you developed another problem. With these guys, you go in, they put you on a pill, you have to keep going back for more and more prescriptions, and of course, more and more pills to deal with the side effects caused by the initial pills, and the list, and it just goes on and on and on. They get their hooks into you, and they never let go. So there's a big difference, but, you know, you would think that the medical community, who is supposed to be so smart, so intelligent, so knowing, would understand that this whole thing is nothing but a huge farce, and that there's no re- that face masks don't work, uh, there's no reason to wear the stupid things other than to make the wearer sick, and to virtue signal, make all the idiots out there, the, the generally dumb public, boobus Americanus, to make them think that they're doing something, and when they're not, and, uh, the, you know, the so-called people that ought to be screaming from the housetops and the rooftops that saying this whole thing is a farce, stop doing it, just say no. They are the biggest Nazis of all. They get in there and they just deny services. And unfortunately, this is where it's really bad because people have been brainwashed for their entire lives. That if you have any kind of a health issue, if you got a hangnail, you got to go to the doctor. And it's just a, it's an amazing situation that now, because people are on the hook, they don't know what else to do. Like this lady, a five-month pregnant woman with heart issues, and because she hasn't received a bioweapon, you know, the thing that, you know, I was thinking this morning, if anybody asked me if I've been vaccinated, I'm going to say yes, because I have been vaccinated. I was vaccinated as a child. I got stuck in the arm for different things. And the thing is, is that's the only vaccines I've ever had. That's the only vaccines I'll ever take. And I haven't been presented with any other vaccines recently because there are no vaccines available for the current problem. Only bioweapons. My husband and I said that a while ago, Jim, Mm -hmm. that we're going to do that because we are vaccinated or I identify as vaccinated. Yeah. I've had every vaccine I need, you know, and I, 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 I identify as vaccinated too, unfortunately. I would like to say, no, I've never had any vaccines, but I will say I will never take another one, especially these things, because number one, these things that they're calling vaccines are not, either by the legal definition or by the scientific definition, they do not qualify as vaccines. However, by both those types, they do qualify as bioweapons. So if somebody asks me if I've had my bioweapon, I'll say, nope. But if they ask me if I've been vaccinated, yeah, <laughs> sure have. And that's what I'm sticking with. You know, I'm not, well, I'm not putting on a face diaper. I haven't had one on since this thing started, and I'm not going to. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll, uh, that's a lie. I did wear one for about 30 minutes um when was it probably last january over a year a year and a half ago um i wanted to see at at that point all these things were coming out Uh, one of the reps here in ohio nino vital had um, posted a bunch of youtube videos about uh testing pulse oximeter you know doing pulse oximeter tests on people when they were wearing face diapers so i wanted to conduct my own test and i went ordered myself one and when it came I sat down in my chair one Sunday afternoon, put on a face diaper, uh, put on my pulse oximeter. At the time, my my uh, oxi- oxygen levels were 100%. And I proceeded to pass out. 
<laughs> literally, I just fell asleep and really pass out. I just fell asleep and I woke up a half hour later and I looked at the thing and I was now at 94%, which is right at the borderline. What they say, you just need to go see the doctor. And I said, Oh, good grief. You know, just sitting in a chair doing nothing. My, my pulse, uh, oximeter, uh, red went from 100 down to 94. And, uh, that's a, that's in the danger zone. Now, had I been driving or something like that, chances are I might have driven into a tree or something, which has happened. Uh, there was, when this first started, some idiot in New Jersey was wearing an N95 respirator while he was driving and he passed out and drove into a tree. And I'm sure there's a lot of those things going on, but that's the only time I've had a face diaper on <clears throat> throughout this entire situation. And I ain't going to start, um, for anybody because all the research I've done shows that these things are absolutely worthless for preventing anything, even in surgery, and they make the wearer sick. And I'm not going to sign up for bacteria or uh, bronchial pneumonia for anybody. And, uh, you know, the, the craziness that's going on right now is just unbelievable. But the things, you know, people are pushing this stuff. And the sad thing is, even amongst the people that know what's going on, there's not enough talk about your own God-given immune system that is designed to protect you from all this stuff. And that's, that's the thing that really makes me mad. What can I do naturally to boost my immune system, make sure that uh, what I'm doing is going to protect me so that I don't need to uh, mess around with any of these other things? I don't even want to have to take hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. You know, I have some just in case. But I really don't want to use this stuff. And so far, even though I've had COVID last year, I am not, uh, I did not do anything uh, pharmaceutically centered at all. Everything was natural. Uh, colloidal silver, um, uh, what else was it? Uh, shoot. <laughs> oh, hydrogen peroxide, um, oil of oregano. Man, that stuff is fantastic. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Whew. You put a drop of that under your tongue, you feel like you swallowed a pizza shop. But uh, the stuff works. You know, P73 by uh, North American Urban Spice is the best I've ever seen, uh, Cass Ingram's group. And it's phenomenal stuff. And the nice thing is you just keep it on the shelf, and if something pops up, you can use it. Otherwise, it just sits there happy as a clam. You know, it's not going to expire. It's not going to go bad. I mean, it just keeps forever. And that's the beauty of that kind of stuff. Uh, I will tell you, do not lay it on its side. Don't let the stuff get into the little um, uh, squeeze thing at the top for the dropper because it will actually eat that dropper thing. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how it's, it will. I had one that actually that happened to. It fell over and the stuff slowly worked up into that bulb. And uh, in no time at all, that thing looked like uh, it was 150 years old, all cracked and wrinkly and everything. It was nasty. Um, thank goodness I have a lot of those things around that I can just replace the dropper. But uh, that's just a word of advice. If you use uh, oil of oregano, make sure you keep it vertical and uh, watch those dropper bulbs. But uh, I was able to do every, just natural stuff on top of what I had been doing. I just increased things a little, and in 36 hours, I was back to normal. You know, it was, I, it was, it was, no, it was no problem at all. I just felt for, you know, for a little bit, I just sat in a chair and watched TV and read books and stuff because I felt crappy. But, um, you know, the old taste went away and the sense of smell went away. But in no time at all, the stuff came back and everything was fine. So, um, 
you know, th this whole thing is a great big nothing burger. And there was a really, really good uh, recording or person yesterday on Alex Jones' uh, show for the fourth hour. And I'm trying to... Mm, I downloaded the recording. I dropped it from my machine downstairs onto this one. and But I'm not seeing it. Um, but basically... <coughs> excuse me. Her husband had come down with COVID... And uh, she en they ended up in the hospital. He was in the ICU. And uh, basically, she was able, I don't know if they let her in, uh, what the deal was, but somehow or another, she got in to be his advocate and was uh, a staunch, uh, you know, telling him, look, you're not doing this. He's not being put on a ventilator. You're not giving him uh, remdesivir. You're not doing this. We want this. We want that. We want this. And it took some doing, but because they stood their ground, they actually did what they requested, and he was up and on and on out of there in record time. I mean, it was less than, it was like two or three days he was out of ICU, and normally people get in there, they're in there for weeks, um, if, they, if they're lucky enough to come out at all. Normally, when you go to ICU, the next step is a, a ventilator, and uh, she said, absolutely no. And uh, basically, it took some doing, but uh, because they stood their ground, they actually got the protocols that they wanted. And lo and behold, it worked. He was healed in no time at all, and he was out of the place in, in record time. And that's the thing, you know, you got to stand your ground. And if, you know, the big problem is if you end up with this thing and you end up in the hospital, that is just probably the worst possible scenario because normally... Uh, if you're diagnosed with COVID, they will not let anyone in. And you're basically at the mercy of the hospital staff. And if they don't know what they're doing and if they aren't willing to work with you, um, you hope you got your fares in, in order because they're probably going to kill you. And that's one of the big issues. Um, so the thing is, is if you even think you're coming down with this stuff, you need to be very, very proactive and work on it from the outset to make sure that you're reversing all this stuff. And colloidal silver, and uh, it works like a charm, as does uh, the uh, oregano oil. Uh, Harvey uh, from Roger's show, Harvey, um, um, oh, goodness. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> we all know who he is. Uh, Harvey is a major proponent, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that he's right. I haven't had a chance to try it because I'm never sick, but um, I didn't have the stuff I needed at the time when I got this last time, though. I should have prepared ahead of time. But Harvey is a major uh, proponent of um, a, I think it's a 1% hydrogen peroxide solution in a cool mist vaporizer. And uh, they've had fantastic results with the flu. I don't know if they've actually had a chance to try it with anybody with COVID, but uh, the stuff works right, you know, overnight. Somebody will go from flu to, say, you know, back to normal. And uh, it's something that it's inexpensive, easy to do. You just got to make sure you have a cool mist vaporizer around and uh, some hydrogen peroxide. But uh, that's a fantastic uh, modality to use. And again, very natural, not harm is not harmful in any way, and it works like a uh, works like a charm. Jim, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what's the mix on the hydrogen peroxide to the water when you're at, if it's a three percent solution? How yeah, much are you normally actually the, the stuff you buy in the stores is a three percent solution, so um, you would have to figure it out based on the uh, capacity of your vaporizer and. 
you know, the easy thing. There's, there's, uh, I'm sure if you do a little search online, there would be a thing that would, you know, just say, how do I make a 1% solution? <laughs> and uh, it would tell you I'll basically how much to put in. What's that? Okay. Yeah. That's, I just wanted to be clear. So you're taking the 3% solution and you're adding enough water to get it to Yeah, warm. you're diluting it down to 1%. And uh, so it's basically, um, oh, goodness. Yeah, I, right in the top of my head, you know, especially doing on the air, my math is not going to work very well. But I would say just, you know, you can do either get a calculator out or, um, like I said, there's I'm sure there's things online that will tell you how to you just punch in the numbers and it will probably do the, con you know, the conversions for you. Uh, that'd be sure. the easiest way <laughs> just to make sure. But if I remember right, Harvey was saying it's, it's a 1% solution. And um, let's see here. I, I can't see just putting it in there directly that it's going to be an issue either. Oh, no. Three, but, you know, the, the thing is you got to make enough because uh, when you're diluting it with water, and most of those things will probably hold about a gallon. So you're going to need to put a fair amount of uh, hydrogen peroxide in there to keep it even at 1%. Um, that's the key. And just making sure that you do the math so that it's uh, that it, you're getting the right amount so it's going to do its job. But um, it's, a, it's a great thing. And like I said, inexpensive, easy to do. And, and the best part, like, like I said, with all these things is there's no downside. And the, the thing that really is maddening is the stuff that even the things even the pharmaceutical stuff that works i mean great for this stuff has been around for so many years the hydroxychloroquine 50 60 70 years has been around i mean it's tried and true very few if any side effects um ivermectin same way it's been around forever uh budesonide which is the inhaled steroid uh, that stuff is uh, been around forever and virtually no side effects. And that's the problem. You know, you have things that actually work that will do the job and keep people from ever having to go to the hospital. And the powers that be would not let those things be used because it didn't fit their agenda, which is to run the numbers up, make as many people sick and possibly die as they can, and scare the living crap out of everybody else. Um we can't now, have sorry, things that Mike, work. Yeah, now, Sarge, they, Mike, make a, they make a food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, uh, that's 35% usually. Oh. Okay. You can use that, but you have to dilute it even more. You know, that would be the best thing to use because it's more pure. But uh, food-grade hydrogen peroxide usually comes in a 35% concentration. And you got to be careful when you're working with that stuff because it's very caustic. It's a very strong base very alkaline and it will burn you just like an acid will just the opposite end of the ph spectrum uh, but yeah it would work and uh, you can also use that internally um, if you just take the 35 percent and put a couple of drops in an eight ounce glass of water uh, that's another thing you can do you just drink that a couple of times a day uh, that's something you want to start out with slowly though um, because number one, it's got a funky taste to it. You got to get used to it, but you also, you sort of build up one or two drops, <clears throat> excuse me, one or two drops and eight ounces is, uh, a good starting point and then slowly build up to, you know, I think when I was doing that, it was somewhere around 15 or 20 was the most I ever did at one time. Uh, but, and that was more for uh, prophylactic reasons. But, uh, yeah, hydrogen peroxide, whether internal or external, is great. You just got to make sure that if you're doing internal, it's the food-grade stuff. 
and it is available. Uh, I used to buy it from an Amish uh, doctor years ago. I've still got about a gallon of it downstairs. <laughs> but yeah, it's good stuff. You just got to be careful when you handle it. You're going to you know, bleach your skin white if you're not careful. Um, Jim, mm-hmm. my, my big my big quandary is um, from whatever COVID was to now the vaccinated people and the spike protein potentially being uh, dealt out by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may not be dealing with the same remedies because we don't really have the same problems that we're dealing with. And I was just on an airline flight and I'm back now and I've got a sore throat, but we also have a raging fire right around us since I got back. Oh yeah. So I can't tell whether it's that or right. <laughs> something else I got, you know? Oh yeah. Um, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, from what I have heard so far, and I, I haven't heard anybody um, uh, like Dr. Tempenny or Judy Mikovits or, you know, any of those folks, I haven't heard any of them talking about different uh, treatment protocols or regimens for the so-called COVID versus what you're getting from the spike proteins. Um, apparently, and again, this is just conjecture. It seems that they're they're using the same treatment modalities, and it's still working. Uh, the nice thing is, is the only people that are really going to suffer are the you know long term are the ones who took the injections. You know, they are going to cause problems for people around them, but if you catch it in time, you can deal with it pretty much the same way that you did with the other stuff. That's, you know, from the sounds of it, that's what it's working. And I've been around a lot of people that have taken these injections and because I got it myself and have, and have, uh, apparently I have antibodies and immunity. Uh, I'm not having any problems at all. Uh, even though I'm sure I've gotten some of them things on me <laughs> or in me. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, this is Alan. Yeah, Alan, go ahead. That uh, hydrogen peroxide, if they'll pour one bottle of 3% hydrogen peroxide and then just add two more bottles of water, that'll be a 1% solution. There you go. Yep. And that will make about three quarts. If you get the quart size hydrogen peroxide, we'll make about three quarts. So if you've got like a gallon and a half, two two bottles of peroxide and four bottles of water, and you'd have 1% solution. There you go. Exactly. Perfect setup. And, you know, like I said, you're going to use a fair amount of this stuff. And the good thing is, is hydrogen peroxide is really inexpensive. The big problem right now is making sure you have a good source. Uh, When all this stuff first happened, rubbing alcohol and hydrogen peroxide vanished off store shelves almost as fast as toilet paper. And Mm -hmm. I honestly haven't been looking around lately. But uh, I think next time I get by Sam's Club, because Costco is being face Nazis again, uh, face mask Nazis. Next time I get by Sam's Club, I'm going to go in and see if they have any and grab a couple more bottles. I've got some downstairs that I bought some time ago, and it's you know never been opened. But um, they had you know really large bottles. They're over a quart, you know, like a quart and a half. They're bigger than normal, and um, less than a dollar at the time. So I think you know, I might be a buck or two at this point. But yeah. Um, that's the way to do it. You know, take two bottles of water, one bottle of peroxide, you got a 1% solution. And that should be enough to run a uh, cool mist vaporizer. And you're only going to have to do it once, usually. I mean, overnight is most of the time is, is enough to get people cleared up. And it looks like Doug is calling in. Hey, Doug, how are we doing? 
Hey, I'm doing fine. Uh, I wanted to ask a question here. Mm-hmm. Another great day on the plantation here and a great show from you. Uh, you know, I called you the other day about this lady friend of mine. Uh-huh. Uh, she ended up going in the hospital and I haven't been able to contact her. But my question is, as to the ivermectin as compared to the hydro... Uh, Hydroxychloroquine? What is it? Hydroxychloroquine? Yeah. As, as, yes. Mm-hmm. As for cancer treatment. I have never heard hydroxychloroquine for cancer. I have heard ivermectin works for cancer, but I haven't seen any documentation. I've just heard, you know, people that are pretty reputable say that, yeah, it also works for cancer. Um, well, I thought the whole uh, my uh, cancer story rocks. Wasn't that what that guy was using? No, that was fembendazole. Different kind of wormer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Fembendazole is the stuff that uh, Joe Tippins on mycancerstory.rocks um, recommended. And that's got the best track record. Um, I haven't seen anything yeah. similar out there for ivermectin. I've just heard that it works. Um, it probably works in the same manner uh, as the um, uh, it is a warmer. Uh, There's three or four different things that it does. And basically, it prevents cellular replication of the, of the cancer cells. It has uh, cancer cells have little post-like uh, support structures in them that this causes it to those things to collapse. Uh, there's, you know, some odd stuff, but, you know, they've scientifically proven how it actually fights cancer. And the key is just to catch it soon enough and be uh, consistent is the main thing. And having the right mental attitude. You know, if you go into it thinking, oh, well, I'll give this a try, but I'm probably going to die, you probably are. You know, <laughs> but if you think, I'm going to beat this, you know, and you have the right attitude about it, you probably will. Um, you know, mental attitude is a huge part of any type of health issue. And the better you stick with things and the better you believe in what you're doing, you know, I'm sure that I got over COVID in 36 hours because I knew that it was no big deal. And I knew that the stuff I was doing was going to kick its butt. And it did. <laughs> and I haven't had any yeah, trouble since. Yeah, men- the positive mental attitude oh, huge. Is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because we're, we're spiritual beings living in a physical body. Exactly. Not the other way around. Right. And so uh, is, is that guy's sight, is it still my cancer st- it's mycancerstory.rocks. Mycancerstory.rocks. Okay. Yeah, there's no .com yeah. or anything. Rocks is a uh, another suffix that they have. So it's mycancerstory.rocks, and it is a it's a good site. Got a lot of good information on it. And there's no uh, periods or hyphens in between the nope. words. Nope. The letters. Nope. All one word, all lowercase. Okay. Mycancerstory.rocks. And his name is Joe Tippins. And if you do a search online on uh, YouTube for Joe Tippins, um, Jim Templeton of Templeton Wellness did a really good interview. Uh, it's about um, half an hour, 40 minutes long, something like that. And he tells the whole story. It is phenomenal. 
I've actually I've actually got it linked on my YouTube page. If you go to YouTube and put in Jim Ram, I come up right at the top. And under the longevity or under the radio show, I think, is where I've got the link. And you can just go there and find it. And it's a really good uh, interview. And he tells the whole story about what happened. He had uh, small cell lung cancer, which is very aggressive. And it metastasized throughout his whole body. He said when he took a PET scan, it lit lit up like a Christmas tree. And his doctor told him to go home. You're going to die in, you know, a couple of months. No question. He said, we can't do anything else for you. And he went home and got on, you know, at the same time as a friend of his who's a veterinarian in Oklahoma called and says, you need to check this stuff out. And I'll tell you, the story behind it is just amazing. And uh, there's a, there's, they, you know, medical community's known about it for 30 or 40 years. And they don't say anything because the stuff is not approved for human use. So technically they can't. But, you know, on the side, if I was a doctor, I'd say, hey, this is something you ought to look into. <laughs> uh, but they won't do that. So where do you get, where do you get the fenbendazole from? Any pet store, Quality to, Farm and Fleet, t- yeah. Tractor Supply. Um, and, and, and it's a dewormer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to look and see that that's the ingredient in the dewormer. Unlike, as long as it says uh, uh, fenbendazole and... Um, it's a standard, I can't remember the actual, uh, but virtually all of them, basically, uh, the one that he used was the one for the small dogs. It comes with three one-gram packets, and you basically just take a you know, packet of this stuff, throw it in your mouth, and wash it down with some water, or, you know, it's tasteless, odorless. Um, and again, this is not diagnosing or treatment, treatment or anything, I'm just telling you what this guy did, and... Uh, yeah. And basically what I would do if I ever was, you know, diagnosed with cancer, which I don't think I will be, but, um, the one gram packets is the one that he used. However, um, and they use basically the same protocol as they do for dogs. It's, you know, uh, I think it was, there's either, I think it was either three packs or four packs and you do, it's either four days on three days off or three days on four days off. I can't remember. It's whatever's in the pack. That's what yeah. he was doing. And in 12 weeks time, he was cancer free. Um, and he was doing a few other things. He did some CBD oil, some vitamin E, uh, I forget what else, but, um, if it was me, <laughs> I would do the 90 essential nutrients, uh, with extra selenium because selenium is a cancer kicking product all by itself. Um, but if you do that and, uh, you can throw in the CBD, that'd be great. But it's this fractionated junk with vitamin E or whatnot, that's, that's, you know, hanging around too many MDs. Uh, but I would do the 90 essential nutrients for body weight, if at all possible, uh, extra selenium and throw this stuff in, in with the CBD. And I actually had a lady in my church who came down with uh, liver cancer here recently. And, uh, I set her up with that whole protocol because she did not want to do chemo or radiation. And unfortunately her husband, who's been, you know, they've been married for over 50 years and he didn't want to lose her. He wanted to do everything possible. I I don't blame him for that, but he talked her into having another uh, second opinion with another oncologist. And that one talked her into taking a, or doing chemo. And she had just started the, uh, the protocol that I laid out for and was doing really well, had great attitude, everything. She thought she was, you know, said, I'm going to, I'm going to get better. I have a good feeling. And she got one treatment of chemo and it just, I mean, you might've just kicked her on the sidewalk and beat her with a baseball bat. I mean, it just, she'd lost her will to survive at that point. 
And from that point on, it was downhill, and when two, within two weeks, she was dead. Um, and that's, well, I think on the uh, on the bottles or whatever it comes from, mm-hmm. there's a skull and bones thing on it there as a poison. Oh, you mean on chemo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chemo kills more people than cancer. <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, from what Dr. Glidden tells me, chemo is killing a million people a year now. And most of the time, people die from the treatment, not from the from the disease. Uh, they get radiation and chemo that's almost guaranteed it's going to kill them. And it's a, it's a real shame that that's the case. But unfortunately, you know, that's where we're at in this day and age. That's the the best that the uh, American Murder Association has to offer. And it's all because it makes them billions of dollars a year. You know, in 2004. Yeah, the love of money. Mm-hmm. In 2004, <laughs> the, the Journal of Clinical evil. Oncology came out with a uh, study showing that for uh, adult onset cancers, the five-year survival rate, uh, chemotherapy was thir- uh, 97% ineffective with a margin of error plus or minus 3%. So basically, if Ford or Chevy made a car that blew up 97 times out of 100 that was drove off the lot, how long would they be in business? But these companies, they just plug right along. And you ask any oncologist, would you give this to yourself if you had cancer or a family member? Absolutely not. But they'll all day long to strangers that walk in off the street. They'll make money off you like crazy. And it's just disgusting what they do. Especially when yeah, I you're, listen uh, to a guy. What's I'm that? Sorry, you know, there's tons of different things no, out sorry, there naturally that will help. You know, simple as that. But uh, it's the uh, I listened to a guy on Saturdays uh, on the EFR. Uh, he's living over in Saudi Arabia, and his name is Perfection. He was explaining the psychology of this uh, I'll put it that way that if you were a uh, a manufacturer of jet engines or you were uh, one of the guys uh, getting paid to live up in the tower and something went wrong and it killed 300 people you'd be on the chopping block (laughs) but in this scenario with the uh, this is obviously, it, it is a medical, it, it appears that the medical corporation is running everything. So mm-hmm. they get away with anything. They can say anything. Oh, yeah. And since everything is supported by every TV station, every radio station, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just heard today that the government here in Arkansas is offering $100 for anybody will, that will get uh, vaccinated or, you know, shot with mm-hmm. the kill jab. Yep. I mean. Yeah, it's crazy. You have to be blind to not see the conspiracy of this thing. Yeah. And they do the same thing over and over. It's the same PSYOP. You know, it doesn't make any difference what the illness is. They always blame it on the sick person. Oh, we did everything we could, but so-and-so old Joe just couldn't make it, and he he didn't make it. He passed away. But we did everything we could. Oh, thank you, doctor. You're so wonderful. You know, that's the sad thing. 
And in fact, especially with COVID, they do that same story. And if people knew what was going on, they say, you murdering bastard, you know, you gave him this thing and you gave him that thing. And that stuff is proven to have this problem and this, that problem. Uh, boy, there, uh, Meg put yeah, it's like okay. they're accusing the innocent for doing what the criminals do. And, you know, for most of my life, since I was a young child in grammar school, there was something within me that I didn't even realize, but it hated the system of the schooling and all this stuff. And I gave my teachers uh, a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. you know, I did the spitball things when the teacher was, wasn't looking to... <laughs> All these things, and way later in life, I realized that I was actually performing a service to of a of a rebel against what I was being subjected to. Okay, mm -hmm. I didn't understand it, but that's what was going on. And so, uh, what's going on right now is like a concerted program of deceit control to get everybody that they possibly can i mean they're uh not ferocious what's the word they're, they're frenzy frenzy to get everybody they can to take this kill shot that oh, they yeah. can mm -hmm. yeah and uh, meg put a thing in the chat that goes right along with it said the direction that Daryl took today on Roger's show needs more to, more attention. I suspect that the people at large are being played chasing the science around the medical consequences of the Trump kill shot while we are trying to interject uh, medical logic into the conversation. Elon Musk and his minions continue to launch thousands of Starlink satellites into, into the atmosphere in preparation to blanket the planet with 5G to activate the Internet of Things. Uh, currently scheduled now, for September 2021. Speed. And it says uh, the kill shot was first uh, first step to ensure people will successfully connect to the Internet or their physical bodies to 5G. And it just goes on. You know, the, the whole thing is 5G is definitely playing a, uh, a major role in this whole thing. And it's absolutely disgusting. I've been blowing the whistle on 5G since I first heard about it. Uh, I first heard about it from Deborah Tavares a couple of years back and uh, there's nothing good about it at all and it's it's you know that's why they're pushing so hard to get people injected it has nothing to do with any illness it's all about getting people hooked up to this thing so they can be totally tracked and followed everywhere they go uh, is definitely one of the major parts you know if you're still alive when the thing's over you're going to be a you know another speck in the deep beach of the world that they're going to be able to follow and it's it's absolutely disgusting, and that's why it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, when people continue to resist these things and not take the originals, let alone all the boosters they're talking about. Um, what's going to happen? They're going to start tracking people down, and they're either you're going to be either injected or something else. <laughs> killed? Why, you could be killed without uh, a doubt. You know the. They the want everybody about, left uh, alive to be uh, trackable. 
the thing about Operation Warp Speed, that brings me back because I uh, to uh, the original Star Trek series. You know, this mm-hmm. was uh, the Federation of yep. Planets, and the very name Kirk is uh, uh, it's translated from the word church. So there's a religious aspect of this, okay, of, of mind control. And so, uh, you know, what's going on is spiritual in nature, way more than physical. But, well, not but, but, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, you know, this is about, for me anyway, and I take it, I took a stand long ago to stand uh, as a, a, a Bible student, to stand for the creator. And uh, and his care, his comfort, trusting in him, his provision, not the government. Uh, everything's been turned upside down, which again was prophesied that good would be called evil and evil would be called You still there? Doug? Hello? What happened? (laughs) Doug dropped off. That's weird. Well, anyway, um, I'm sure he'll connect back in if he can. That's strange because it's showing he's still there. Um, You know, Cody mentioned yesterday, asked about the um, uh, 90 for Life, and so I I did a pretty extensive (laughs) cover on that. And I mentioned, you know, one of the things I haven't done in a while and I thought might be interesting um, is to go over the story of Carmella. And I'm going to do that real quick here. Uh, This is from Dr. Peter Glidden's book, uh, The MD Emperor Has No Clothes. And uh, fantastic book. And you can get that at glidden.healthcare. That's G-L-I-D-D-E-N dot healthcare. And he has that book. He also has another one called Attempt to Cure, which is really, really good. And it includes uh, the back third of the book probably is a list of protocols for all different kinds of illnesses, uh, chronic health issues that um, he has used and fine-tuned to help people that have these things using the 90 essential nutrients and in some cases homeopathy and uh, essential oils and other different things. They all get plugged in. But anyway, let's delve into the story of Carmela. Here we go. Let's say someone named Carmela, a 45-year-old African-American woman, goes to her local MD for a yearly checkup. Her only complaint is consistent um, pain in her left knee that shows up after she walks a few blocks. And I'm making this a little bit bigger here so it's easier to read. Sorry about that. Should have done that sooner. Um... The nurse and the doctor do their things, order some lab work and an MRI of her knee. Now, the doctor could have done an orthopedic exam of the knee and checked it for range of motion and pain in certain stress positions, but this would have taken too much time. There were 25 people in the waiting room that day. He could also have ordered a much less expensive x-ray of the knee, but the hospital he's affiliated with just got a new MRI machine and it needed to be paid for. He also gets a kickback from the hospital for every MRI he orders. 
Carmela's insurance will pay for it, so why not? The nurse records Carmela's blood pressure at 142 over 92. The high end of normal is 140 over 90. After all the tests are back, her MD diagnoses Carmela as suffering from hypertension, or high blood pressure, and osteoarthritis of the left knee. He tells her that they are both genetic diseases and that she has them because she is African American. He's dead wrong. There is no such thing as a gene which codes for hypertension or for arthritis in anybody, be they black, white, pink, purple, or yellow. Dr. Wallach wrote an entire book about this. Scroll up to the top of the page on this subject called Black Gene Lives, Slave Quarter Cures. And I've got that book. It's really good. Um, you can find it any uh, on my website at Glidden, drglidden.com. I'm not sure if he's still got that site up. This book's been around for a while. Anyway, by the way, here are the uh, three most common causes of high blood pressure. A calcium deficiency peripheral artery disease, or PAD, of the kidneys, uh, clogged arteries in the kidneys, and third is obesity. And the only cause of arthritis in the joints are chronic calcium deficiency, oxidative damage to the joint by free radicals, and chronic hyaluronic acid, sulfur, and trace mineral deficiencies. Because uh, Carmela's MD is an allopathic reductionist, it is not his job nor his inclination to try and cure the arthritis or the hypertension. As a matter of fact, most MDs have no idea at all of what actually causes disease. It was one of the most stunning revelations of my life when I figured this out and realized how very little MDs know about the actual physiology of the body relative to disease. I was in shock for two days. <laughs> the only responsibility that Carmela's MD had, had was to keep her from dying while in his office mistakenly thinking that she had high blood pressure because of a mysterious genetic defect, he decided to manage it with a drug that a pharmaceutical salesman had given him samples of. He was also obligated to help Carmela to deal with the arthritic knee because he had diagnosed it with the MRI. So Carmela's allopathic reductionist pharmaceutical-centered MD prescribed hydrochlorothiazide for the blood pressure issue, and knee replacement surgery for her osteoarthritis. Hydrochlorothiazide is a type of drug, uh, pressure, uh, blood pressure medication, that works by artificially relaxing the blood vessels. A major side effect of uh, this drug is type 2 diabetes. That's right, the person taking it eventually develops type 2 diabetes as a side effect of the drug. Great, but remember that the MD's job was not to help Carmela become healthy, his job was to normalize her blood pressure ASAP. If his treatment just so happens to cause something else in a few years later, well, he can just prescribe another drug for the new condition then. The, new, the knee replacement surgery was not um, uh, immediately necessary, but her MD again incorrectly assumed it was caused by a bad gene, and as such, it could only get worse. Carmela had excellent insurance coverage, and her doctor could use the extra money he would get from the surgical procedure, so uh, as he had just learned about a new real estate investment he wants to try, so why not? Trusting in the wisdom of her doctor and not knowing any better, Carmela agrees to, the, to start the BP medicine and goes through with the knee replacement surgery. But let's not take our eyes off the ball. Remember, both of Carmela's conditions were caused by a simple and chronic nutrient deficiencies. Her MD completely missed this fact and should have had his license revoked because of it. 
Because Carmela's doctor's medical education and clinical experience had nothing to do with clinical nutrition, he was completely unaware of the relationship between Carmela's nutritional status and these two conditions. So instead of just giving Carmela inexpensive nutrient supplements, which would have fixed her problems, he gave her an expensive prescription medicine and a surgical procedure to manage them. Additionally, as these treatments did nothing to address her nutrient status, after everything was said and done, she still had multiple nutrient deficiencies, especially calcium. Five years went by, then Carmela came down with osteoporosis. Guess what causes osteoporosis? Correct, it's a nutritional deficiency disease, especially calcium. Not knowing or caring about this, her drug-happy MD then prescribed Boniva for the osteoporosis. Oy vey. You would think that someone specialing in medicine would understand the fundamental basic concept that thinning of the bone, osteoporosis, is caused by a calcium deficiency. But no. When I refer to MDs as idiots, this is why. An oversight like this is on par with an automobile mechanic telling someone that the air conditioning in their Lexus doesn't work simply because the car is old, and then recommending that they manage the problem by driving around in the summer with a giant block of ice on the passenger seat. As a cover for this colossal ignorance, every MD in the world will tell every patient in the world that osteoporosis is a genetic disease. When the average Joe on the street hears the term genetic, he automatically feels intellectually inadequate, and instead of challenging his MD about it, he backs down, wrongfully assumes that the MD must know what he's talking about, and takes the MD at his word. Okay, so now Carmela is on hydroxychlorothiazide, or hydrochlorothiazide and Boniva, has one fake knee, and uh, still has multiple nutrient deficiencies, especially calcium. Three years into the Boniva prescription, Carmela's face fell off because her jaw rotted away as a side effect from the Boniva. She had to have expensive plastic surgery and an artificial jaw was attached to her skull. The surgery created a lot of pain, which her MD managed with an OxyContin prescription. One year later, Carmela stumbles when walking to the kitchen because the OxyContin that she can't stop taking because it's so addictive has made her dizzy. She falls to the floor and fractures her hip. But wait a minute. She was taking Boniva to keep her bones strong, wasn't she? Didn't Sally Field tell me the Boniva would help my osteoporosis? Here's a little lesson in anatomy and physiology that your MD has forgotten. Our skeleton is constantly regenerating itself. It does this by chewing up old bone with cells called osteoclasts and creates new bone with cells called osteoblasts. If someone is calcium deficient, their body will not be able to create any new bone tissue because new bone is made out of calcium. But it can still chew up old bone, and it does. This results in a net loss of bone tissue over time, resulting in osteoporosis. Boniva and Fosamax are uh, types of drugs called bisphosphonates. And it works by slowing down the process by which your body chews up its old bone. This allows old bone to build up in your skeleton, which increases your bone density. But after three years, more or less, the old bone, because it is old, becomes just as brittle as the osteoporotic bone that you had in the first place. And your risk of fractures is high again. If you listen to the commercial for Boniva, starring Sally Field, she never says that Boniva makes her bones strong. 
She only says that it increases her bone density, which it does. Pretty tricky, right? Poor Car Carmela. Now she is in the hospital again for hip surgery to fix the fracture. The pre-op blood work uh, shows that in addition to everything else, she is now diabetic. Remember, this was caused by the blood pressure medicine she has been on for the last five years. Remarkably, she makes it through the surgery without dying, but now the quality of her life is in the toilet because she is in constant pain from the three surgeries, has one fake knee, one fake jaw, one fake hip, is addicted to, addicted to OxyContin, and now she has to figure out the whole blood sugar, what can I eat, insulin calculation and injection thing. Oh, I almost forgot, she still has multiple nutrient deficiencies, especially calcium. Excuse me just a second. Seven years later, she's woken up in the middle of the night by an uh, excruciating pain in her back. I mean, this pain was bad, right up there with the pain of childbirth. She dialed 911 and was taken to the ER in an ambulance. Her MDs, uh, her MDs there, 55% of whom are addicted to opioid prescription meds, ran all kinds of expensive tests and found nothing wrong. This is because the drugs they had been become addicted to had begun to interfere with their process of logical thought. Then, an intern fresh out of medical school took the time to ask Carmela a few smart questions, and he correctly guessed that she was passing a kidney stone. An x-ray confirmed it. Not bad for a rookie. Guess what causes kidney stones? <laughs> My, but aren't you a quick study. You're correct. A calcium deficiency. With a definitive diagnosis in hand, the senior MD at the AR, ER, being addicted to OxyContin himself, simply advised Carmela to upper dose of OxyContin until the stone passed, which took four days. Having no experience whatsoever with addictive substances, Carmela had neither the, an understanding of the dangers of this drug nor of the nastiness of the addictive process in general. After day four of the increased OxyContin dose, once the kidney stone had passed, she just kept taking the higher dose because if she didn't, she would start to feel like crap. Now she was really addicted, but she didn't know it. And you guessed it, she still had multiple nutrition multiple nutri deficiencies, especially calcium. Twenty months later, Carmela started losing bladder control in the middle of the night when she was lying down in bed. Like a lemming racing over a cliff, again, she went straight to her MD's office. He gave her a Detrol prescription and tells her that her bladder problem is genetic and is simply a result of aging. He doesn't explain how it can be both, and Carmela is too drugged out on OxyContin to ask an intelligent question. Her MD realizes that her OxyContin dose is higher than normal, but when he sees her chart and her history of the three surgeries in the last five years and her age, now 62... He thinks to himself that she will not be alive much longer, so he does nothing about it. In reality, Carmela's recent problem with bladder control was caused by a genetic, uh, degenerative disc disease in her spine. A nerve coming out of her mid-back that goes down to her bladder was being squished by her body weight every time she lay down at night because the padding that the disc usually gave was no longer there. The purpose of the disc is to cushion this nerve as it exits the spine. But now the disc had degenerated and become very thin, like a pillow that had lost its feathers. So when Carmela lay down at night, because there was no more cushion, the weight of her body pressed directly on the nerve that went to her bladder, making her urinate involuntarily. By the way, degenerative disc disease is caused by a chronic calcium deficiency. But I'm assuming you'd already guessed that. 
Time goes by, and eventually Carmela got another fake knee, another fake hip, and then she died from an overdose of morphine while in the hospital recovering for her, from her last surgical procedure. The last decade of her life had become little more than a revolving door to the hospital and a nightmare of fear, frustration, drugs, surgery, and pain. Her MDs, however, having extracted all of the money they possibly could from her, slept quite soundly through it all, having convinced themselves that they had delivered the very best care that money could buy. After all, how could anybody possibly hope to win a fight against a bad gene? So, now, had Carmela come to Dr. Glidden, or me for that matter, her nutrient deficiencies would have been taken care of the very first visit. Within four weeks, her hypertension would have been cleared up, and within six months, her left knee joint would have been rebuilt. I did my knee joints in three months, so <laughs> given some extra time just in case. She never would have developed kidney stones, osteoporosis, or degenerative disc disease. She would have had avoided all that pain and suffering, and the last two decades of her life would have been healthy ones. But because her insurance wouldn't cover the services of a naturopathic physician or a longevity distributor the, and the nutritional supplements she needed to take to fix everything would have cost her about $200 a month out of pocket, she decided to go to the MD instead. Besides, he sat her down in his expensive office and told her that vitamins were ineffective, dangerous, unproven, and that naturopaths were quacks. He also told her that the whole damn thing was her fault in the first place as it, she was the one with the bad gene. <laughs> so anyway... There you have it. That's the story of Carmela. And uh, keep in mind that her doctor violated her trust either out of ignorance or out of malice, neither of which is acceptable. Her tre his treatments ruined the quality of her life and made her a bad situation worse and worser and worsest. And let's not forget the incredible amount of money that this lifetime of misdirected MD medical care cost. The problem with healthcare in the U.S. is that it is not healthcare. It is MD-directed allopathic reductionist pharmaceutical centrist disease management. When sick and scared of average Americans do not get to choose between a homeopath and homeopath and naturopath and acupuncturist or an MD, they get MDA, MDB, or MDC. There's really no choice at all. Is, is that a real story, an actual story, or is that uh, fiction? That's uh, one that Glenn made up for the book, but it has been repleted over the years numerous times. People go through that all the time, but so in good. order to, you know, keep it generic, uh, he basically put this together on his own. The scenario could happen. Is what you're Say that again. The scenario could happen. That could happen in real life. Oh, yeah. It does. There's no question. You know, once, you know, if you know anybody that goes to an MD, you know, Ask them how many drugs they were taking before they went to the MD in the first place, and then ask them how many prescriptions they ended up with, and has that number of prescriptions over the years gone down or up? And almost always, 99.9% .9 of the time, they're on more drugs the longer they go. You know, you look at somebody who's in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and they have those little boxes that has the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday thing on. Sometimes they have several. Sometimes they have some that are really big. And they have all their pills mapped out, you know, for each, you know, either AM and PM or for just each day. And uh, it's really sad. And those people, I mean, do you, think, do you think the doctors know any better? Some do, but most don't. Because, you know, they their training is such that 
and this goes back to the early 1900s when the Flexner Report was first come out. It was like 1910, 1915, somewhere around there. Um, but basically what, that ha- what happened was back in that time, um, Rockefellers and Carnegie's were getting into medicine. And they sent a guy named Abraham Flexner around the U.S. and Canada. It took him about five years because he was traveling by train and stuff like that. But he ended up did a, a review of every medical school in the U.S. and Canada and came back and just uh, said which ones were recommending drugs and surgery as their primary forms of treatment. And Carnegie and, and Rockefellers put lots and lots of money into those medical schools. And the ones that were recommending either homeopathy or natural you know, nutrition, things like that, they were left to die on the vine. And in the course of five to ten years after that, just about all the holistic schools had closed. There's only, to this day, there's only a couple of uh, naturopathic schools in the country still. Um, And from that point on, the drug companies basically uh, dictated the treatment, the training, and everything in, in allopathic medical schools where MDs are taught. And they're taught specifically nothing about nutrition. It's all about what drug do you do use for this, you know, chronic health issue? And it's always about using pharmaceutical drugs and or surgeries to manage a specific illness. They are never treated or told what causes it or how you can get rid of it. And in the MD's mind, it's just, it's genetics because that's the lie they've been told. Or it's aging. It's just the process of aging. These things show up, and that's all. That's all a bunch of crap. It's all nutrition. And Wallach proved it uh, with his twelve-year, twenty-five million-dollar federally funded study. You know all the stuff that they call age-related, like age-related macular degeneration or adult onset type two diabetes. You know, ad- uh, you know, uh, juvenile onset type one diabetes is because the mother, when she was pregnant with the baby, didn't have the necessary nutrients she made to make a complete whole baby with a functioning pancreas. So that baby is born in with the inability to produce insulin, and it shows up very early in life. That's why it's called juvenile onset. Uh, type 2 diabetes, however, is a nutritional deficiency primarily of chromium and vanadium. So those things show up later in life when the people have run their n- nutrition tank try you know to the you know drained it out almost completely and uh, the trouble is it used to be that didn't happen until someone was at least in their mid to upper 40s or older and now we're seeing it in eight and ten year olds because the the level of nutrition and food you know what passes for food in this day and age is so low that you know kids today are developing the so-called things that we you know the adult onset diseases that we never saw in people until they were mid midlife and that shows the the foolishness and the you know, idiocy of what the MDs uh, talk about and it, it's a sad sad situation because in this in this situation with Carmela if she had gotten on board with a longevity distributor who's working closely with Wallach and Glidden we would have seen that right away. Hey, this is what you need to do. And in no time at all, you know, when I first started taking this stuff, I was on, my blood pressure was 185 over 120 for about five years. Every time I went to my doctor who I was seeing at the time, she wanted to put me on high, ple- high blood pressure medicine. And I refused. I said, I'm going to find a way to fix it naturally. 
And I was doing all the normal things that people, you know, think would work, which is exercising and eating right and all that stuff, which only makes the problem worse. And my blood pressure was going higher and higher and higher. Well, when I got on board with Longevity and Wallach's protocols, within 30 days, it went from 185 over 120 to 99 over 77. Now, if that had truly been a genetic issue, that never would have happened. The only way it would have come down was with drugs. But because it's not, it's nutritional. As soon as I gave my body the stuff it needed to regulate my blood pressure, it fixed it. And I haven't had any trouble since. Works like a charm. And same thing, my knees were bone on bone. Basically, from that was my own mistake. I screwed up. I had arthritis in my lower back, and I started taking NSAID pain relievers, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, things like Motrin, Aleve, and that kind of stuff. And what they don't tell you is when you take those things, they are not to be taken daily, but they allude to it in their commercials. They never come out and say it, but they basically, you know, take one of these and your pain will be gone for eight hours or 12 hours or whatever. And they're alluding to the fact, just take these every day and you'll be fine. But what they don't tell you is if you do that, it will eat cartilage, especially in your knees. And by taking those things for the arthritis in my low back, I destroyed the cartilage in my knees and, you know, was bone on bone, which most people would then just go in and, well, I'll just have knee replacements. <laughs> Not me, even though my wife is in that business and was trying to get me to do it. And I said, no way. And uh, it took 90 days, but, you know, three months time of taking the right stuff. And I rebuilt the cartilage and the knees were back to pretty much normal. And uh, now my biggest problem is I sit on my butt so long and now my leg muscles have kind of weakened out and I have to strengthen them. But uh, my knees themselves, the joints are fine. And all my other joints, my hips, ankles, everything else, fine. Uh, the arthritis, my low back, as soon as I started on the longevity stuff in 30 days, that pain was totally gone. Full range of motion, everything was fine again. Um, it's all nutrition. Yeah, butt rot. <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, pretty close, though. <laughs> Good diagnosis. You should be a doctor. You could be an MD, too. <laughs> But anyway, um, you know, that's the thing. And it's just, uh, it's been, it's been interesting to see how well these things have worked and not just for me, but once it worked for me, I said, I got to show other folks. And that's where all this stuff came from. You know, in 2013, I, I dropped 70 pounds and everything got back, you know, like, it's like every day is better instead of worse. Um, sleeping good, you know, you name it, not having any troubles. And uh, that's in 2015. That's why I started doing this radio show to just, you know, let other people know that there are alternatives to the cut, burn, poison crap of the MDs. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, there's times when you want to go to an MD. You know, I fell off a hay wagon uh, in 2001, landed, on, you know, from 10 feet up and landed on my left wrist and broke it in three places. You know, I was not going to go to a chiropractor or a naturopath at that point. I wanted the best MD that could put things back and make them go back the way you're supposed to. And uh, so, you know, when when you've got the right kind of a problem, which normally is a trauma, that's when you go to an MD. The trouble is, is when, you know, when you have high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, arthritis, macular degeneration, sciatica, and the list goes on and on and on and on. When you've got any of those things, things, things we call chronic health issues, 
you don't go to an MD because they don't know how to treat it. They can only manage it. And they do so with drugs and surgery that just makes the problem worse. And what the problem is, is you've got multiple nutritional deficiencies. And people don't realize that when you take uh, pharmaceutical drugs, every single one of those drugs requires nutrients to metabolize them. And that's why, you know, you might be, I, I started taking originally for my gastric reflux, I was taking Axid. And it, it worked for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden, it didn't work anymore. So my doctor put me on a stronger, different dose. And uh, uh, does everyone turn on their camera and chat? No. <laughs> we prefer not to have cameras on in chat or anywhere else because it uh, eats up bandwidth and messes things up. Uh, but anyway, back to that. You know, when people take these drugs, they're using nutrients, what little nutrients they have to metabolize them. And then over time, the nutrients that are necessary to metabolize them are gone. And then all of a sudden that drug doesn't work anymore. So the, the doctor will either increase the dosage or put you on a different drug that requires different nutrients to metabolize. And no matter how you do it, it's just draining your tank because the nutrients that you need normally are minerals and the minerals are nowhere to be found because you can't get them through food. They're just not there. That's why supplementation is so important. Um, even if it's just uh, taking a bottle of our plant-derived minerals, $22 a month, um, the more you do, the better. But even that, people have noticed huge, huge differences. Um, I have people that, you know, that's all they buy. They just call me once a month. I say, I need another bottle of minerals. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, it works. The things are just flat out amazing. And, uh there's nobody else that has products like these. You know, Wallach has done the certain, has done the research to know exactly what needs to be there, and they're they're formulated so they work synergistically, hand in hand, and uh, it's just absolutely amazing. But I want to lighten things up here. I just came across this yesterday. Little little, uh, what do you call it? A parody type song. It's a wordplay on the old um, take your job and shove it so let's take a minute and just lighten things up here we go well i've been living on this land for now on 50 years and all this time i watched the world get manipulated by your made-up fears and i've seen a lot of good people die who had the guts stand in your way and I believe it would tickle me pink if the world had the will to say, take your shot and shove it. I ain't taking comic crap no more. This country's gone straight to hell and we're on the verge of civil war. You better not send your COVID team knocking on my front door. Take your shot and shove it. Isn't that cute? <laughs> I saw that, heard that yesterday, so I got to get that and play it on the show. Oh, man. But uh, anyway, if anybody got any questions about anything, if not, I'll uh, dig into the news. Of course, it's just going to be more of the same, you know, people getting their rights trampled and that kind of stuff. So uh, just thought I'd open things up. If anybody has any questions, uh, jump on in and uh, we'll go for it. Otherwise, let's see here. There we are. 
got to get to the right page and agree to cookies. <laughs> oh, vaxxed to death. Ooh, alarming study confirms vaxxers will face catastrophic antibody-dependent enhancement injuries and deaths. You know, that's been something that has been um, a concern for, oh man, all pretty much all this year. Um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Tenpenny, Dr. Mikovits, and uh, several other doctors have been doing things since the beginning of the year. Uh, I think the first one I saw was maybe in March or April, maybe uh, a little earlier. But basically, they've been warning about antibody-dependent enhancement for quite some time because they saw this originally in the first mRNA vaccine trials that they were doing years ago uh, for coronaviruses, and they were doing it in animal testing. And what they found was the animals were mostly ferrets. They were given the injections, and even though they survived the injection, these things developed a situation where the antibodies that you're uh, their bodies were producing were so powerful that they were overwhelming every other antibody, like for the common cold, the flu, and whatnot, so that when you were exposed to some other uh, pathogen, it would kill you. And that's what was happening with these ferrets. And every single ferret that was given this experimental injection for the mRNA stuff, they all died. And that's why they have never done or brought an mRNA vaccine to... Uh, market. And of course, that's exactly why they're doing this one, because they're not trying to keep people alive with it. They're trying to kill people. So they bypassed animal studies completely, went straight to humans. And the people that are taking these things are the guinea pigs or the ferrets. And they're developing this problem where you get injected with this stuff and it reprograms your cells to become manufacturing plants of the spike proteins, which causes the illness. And then your body becomes a manufacturing plant also for these powerful antibodies to deal with them. And because the spike proteins are always there, your body's always producing more and more of the antibodies. And they overwhelm your immune system so that when, uh, say in the fall, when, when the uh, cold and flu season kicks back in, you're going to see a bunch of people starting to die. You know, oh yeah, he got the vaccine and it was clear back in summertime. He survived it then, so it couldn't have been the vaccine. It didn't kill him. And that's the thing. They're going to, you know, with the situations now where people are dying almost immediately or within two or three days of getting the shots, and the medical community is saying, oh, there's no link to the, to the injection. It couldn't be. It was something else. Just imagine what it's going to be like when it's several months out from the injection. We'll know what's going on. It's the ADE, but they'll say, no, it couldn't possibly be involved there. He needed more vaccines, not fewer. <laughs> and then they're going to start saying, oh, yep, we need more booster shots because he lost his immunity and we need to give more people more shots. That's always going to be their answer is regardless of what the problem is, the answer is more injections. And, and then, of course, we blame it on the people that haven't been injected. That'll be the, the mantra that the news media and the talking heads, you know, continue even more than they are now. And it'll just result in more and more and more ostracization. Boy, there's a fun word. Say that three times fast. Uh, of all the people that are smart enough not to take these things. And it will continue. And, you know, the, the ADE... You know, best estimates are two to three years. Anybody that's gotten the actual injections will be dead. And at that point, you know, 
whether or not things will back off because people will start to realize and admit that yeah, maybe it was those shots or whether they'll just, you know, double down and, you know, it was those nasty anti-vax people. It's hard to say. Let's see. I wonder if David Allen Coe would approve. I'm not familiar with that name. Don't know why, but I'm not. <laughs> anyway, for over a year, intensive research conducted by health experts like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny has brought to light increasing concerns about anti-dependent enhancement, a phenomenon where vaccines make the disease far worse by priming the immune system for a potentially deadly overreaction. This is also called hyperinflammatory response to sub subsequent infections. ADE is well known to occur with coronavirus vaccines that have been tested in animal experiments. The big question has been whether it will emerge in the 2.4 billion people who have now been injected around the world. That's a bunch of people. And of course, Bill Gates, you know, his thing is reducing the world's population. And one of the main ways he's going to do it, vaccinations. And 2.4 billion people. If those people all got the real McCoy and they all die, whew, man, that's a lot of graves. And that's something else that's been brought up lately. Um, there's been no new cemeteries opened in the last year. You would think if we had half a million deaths around the country, uh, they would need more cemeteries. But nope. And the actual activities at nursing or uh, uh, funeral homes hasn't gone up either. They're not cremating more. They're not burying more. It's like nothing's changed for them. And it's because there haven't been any more deaths. They've just changed the classifications. So there was no deaths from flu or pneumonia or anything else or gunshot wounds. I venture to say most of the people that have been shot in, uh, in Chicago, they all died of COVID. Yep. <laughs> That'd be interesting to check those death certificates. Yeah, he's got two bullet holes in his forehead. Looks like COVID to me. <laughs> anyway, according to uh, ourworlddata.org, 31.7% of the world population has been vaccinated with one or more COVID injections. That's about 2.4 billion people. In the United States, according to the CDC, 199 million people have been injected with at least one dose. And a lot of people that got one dose had enough bad reactions that they weren't going back for number two. And uh, that's why there's, you know, people are starting to realize that maybe this isn't as smart as I thought. And I'm thinking most of the people that actually got it that think it's fine and have, have, are just going about their daily business, I think they got a placebo, probably just a saline solution. Because in any medical experiment, you have your test group and you have your control group. And the control group gets a placebo. So a lot of the people that are claiming to be uh, vaccinated, actually all they got was a shot of saline solution. And I was questioning this for quite some time, and it wasn't until about two weeks ago I actually heard a member of parliament in the UK discussing the very thing. They were talking about these so-called vaccine passports. And they, he actually came out and said that, you know, anybody who has been in and been injected, even if it was just a placebo, would still qualify to get the vaccine passports. So I finally found somebody who actually admitted, somebody in government who admitted that what I was suspecting all along was true. That not everyone that's getting stuck in the arm with these things is getting the real thing. 
because I honestly believe if they had, there would be far more deaths and people would be keeling over left and right. And then the generally dumb public would maybe start to realize something was wrong and, and react. But uh, they have to roll these things out slowly so that they only kill so many so far. And then slowly down the road, they'll get the rest of them with their boosters and their, uh, you know, door kicking Nazis and whatever else they come up with. But notably, uh, all 2.4 billion who took the injection around the world have taken an unproven, deadly experimental medical intervention that was intentionally formulated to contain spike protein biological weapons or, in the case of the mRNA vaccines, instructions for the body's own cells to manufacture those spike protein bioweapons. Thus, the population depopulation globalists pushing the injection genocide have managed to inject about one-third of the world's human population with bio, biological weapons that are well-known to cause injury and death. Yet the question remains just how many of these people will die from injection adverse events, including ADE. Quite a few. All new science, a new science paper published in the Journal of Infection appears to provide solid evidence that the, vac that the injections will, uh, being administered around the world will, without question, cause ADE effects in people when they are proposed or exposed to the Delta variant or potentially other coronavirus strains. The study is entitled Infection Enhancing Anti-SARS-CoV-2 Antibodies Recognize Both the Original Wuhan D614G Strain and Delta Variants, a Potential Risk for Mass Vaccination. There's a long title. <laughs> How about just bioweapons to kill people? Written from the point of view of conventional virology and epidemiology, it explains that while the current vaccines or injections based on the original Wuhan D615G strain, which has never been, uh, uh, what's the word, um, darn it, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's never been separated out and proven to be, uh, exist, uh, do provide some level of immunity uh, against the original COVID virus, while present and or they pre they present an unfortunate side effect: the acceleration of infection enhancement antibodies, which over overreact to Delta variant infections. Yeah, isolated. Thank you so much. Um, what the uh, paper is describing is classic ADE, meaning the hyperinflammatory reaction can kill the person as their primed immune system overreacts to new infections. Yeah, it gives them a cytokine storm, and boom, you're dead. The study concludes ADE of Delta variants is a potential risk for current vaccines, and it goes on to explain the mechanism by which the ADE is emerging. Using molecular modeling approaches, we show the enhancing antibodies have a higher affinity for Delta variants than the Wuhan D614G NTDs, whatever. Uh, we show that enhancing antibodies reinforce the binding of the spike primer, or trim trimer, hmm, never heard of that, trimer, uh, to the host cell membrane by clamping the NTD to lipid raft microdomains. <laughs> Facilitating antibodies displays a strikingly increased affinity. Thus, ADE may be a concern for people receiving vaccines injections based on the original Wuhan strain spike sequence. Wow. Okay. Did anybody understand any of that? 
the bottom line is if you take one of these things and you get the real McCoy, you're going to die down the road when you're exposed to something else. Uh, and that's, that's the bottom line. It's not good. It's uh, deadly and it's crazy, but you know, the powers that be are pushing them like crazy medical dictatorship. Biden wants to criminalize crossing state lines while unvaccinated. Of course he does. Ugh. So disgusting. I get tired of this crap. <laughs> Former U.S. military commander of all Afghanistan forces says Biden regime's withdrawal is catastrophic for the U.S. as he predicts new wave of terrorism. You can count on that. Obey or else. Fauci says we should all forget about personal liberties and rally behind mass injection or we will all continue to suffer. They never give any scientific evidence to back up anything they're saying. They just say, we got to do this because we're the smart people and you're the dumb people and you have to do what we say or, or you're going to suffer. Right. CDC is the new big tobacco, except they're pushing mass death in a needle via COVID injections with thousands of doctors endorsing it all. Yeah, it's still disgusting to me that these people are out there. Oh, I'm pushing for these people to get these injections. I heard somebody yesterday on well, some TV show, and they were talking about a friend of theirs who's a doctor in somewhere in New York City. And he's they're talking about the uh, so-called vaccine hesitancy among the black community. I call it intelligence. <laughs> Burn me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. And uh, this guy is saying, well, I'm doing everything I can to try and encourage these people to get their injections, but they just won't do it. I said, good for them. <laughs> they have a, uh, a they got a survivor gene in them. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's freaking, you know, separate, separating out the BS and they're, they're seeing what it is and saying, nope, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> I don't blame them a bit. You know, we're, I praise them, you know, keep on going brothers and sisters. Uh, let's see, Mark is saying, uh, so they will allow those who receive the placebo to have the same vaccine passport as those who receive the real thing. Yet in the same breath, they say this is a pandemic of, of the unvaccinated. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing. It was a little maybe five or ten second clip that somebody who was watching Parliament saw this dude say it. I mean, it's, I got to get that and put it out for people. You know, otherwise we wouldn't even know that they're actually telling the truth in Parliament. You know, I would imagine the same thing is probably happening here in the U.S., and I would love to get a recording of that if anybody has it. But uh, it's an actual thing where he says, you know, whether they've been received the real injection or the placebo, they'll still get the, pass the vaccine passport. They'll qualify for it. And that just shows how bogus this whole thing is. If they know what's going on, they know people are getting placebos, that there's no protection, but they can still get the passport saying that they're safe. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. But, uh, yeah. And that's, that just further strengthens my, my belief all along that, you know, it's a medical experiment and they're being given these things and you got to have a control group. And somebody, you know, tracking the lot numbers is watching people. And that's another reason I think they want to have this uh, 5G connection so they can track every single person who gets one of these shots. And they can say, okay, there's so-and-so. Oops, oh, his signal just went off the air. It must have killed him. Yep, he got the real McCoy. Here's a little Joe over here. He's okay. He's got the, uh, the placebo. He just got the, the saline solution. Now, the question is, 
if they get the placebo, can they, they won't be able to track them unless they have the, uh, what's that stuff called, um, graphene oxide, which is the part that activates to that, you know, and that and the, uh, the nanoparticles, uh, if they're not in the vaccine, then you wouldn't be able to track them or if they're not in a needle. Have you heard anything about the Patrick King case in Alberta since they enabled the mask or ended the mask mandates and inject uh, with and injections per? I haven't heard anything more. Um, this is a case where a guy in Canada basically filed with the provincial health uh, department and demanded a uh, proof of the uh, isolated virus, and they couldn't provide it. And uh, when it went to court, all of a sudden his case was changed from him against the people of the province. Now it was against the queen. And uh, he ended up winning. And in that province, they, they shut down in Alberta. They shut down all the vaccine, the, fa the face diaper mandates and everything because they couldn't prove that the, the thing existed. So I haven't heard anything since that. And that was a week or two ago. But uh, haven't seen anything more. Uh, you can bet that's going to be buried. But um, it sounds like, uh, at least for now, the people of Alberta are very, very lucky that they're there. Be glad they're not in, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Australia. They have flat gone off the rails there, um, telling people that, oh, well, you can't drink, uh, you can't drink alcohol in public in, air, in open air places uh, without taking your mask or uh, and take your mask down to do it you have to keep your mask up to be able to drink in public <laughs> yeah right well they're coming up with ways to do it i saw one the other day some guy had a rubber face mask with a little push a little button and this little trap door thing would open up and he could stick his beer bottle in it <laughs> then he close it again oh my gosh necessity is the mother of invention and Aussies like to tip their, bend their elbows and, uh, you know, as they do most places. Uh, but the things that they're doing in Australia, they just, I saw an announcement the other day where one of the places they're uh, going to round up 24,000 school age kids and run them to this, whatever this place is, like a stadium or something and, and inject them all. And the parents don't have any say. They're saying, you know, no need to worry. They'll be escorted and they'll be taken care of and they'll be given the best of care and all this stuff. But your kids are getting stuck. You know, it would be crazy. And I'll tell you, the Aussies, you know, and that's the thing. Um, I was watching, a, I've got a, a, a family that is cruising around the world on a catamaran and they're currently in Australia. And he was the guy, then the, the family's from Texas. I mean, he was a... Worked in the oil industry, was a gunny and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he basically was doing interviews just for the fun of it, talking to some of the Australian people. What do you think about Americans? What do you think about what's going on? Well, you have this and that and the other thing. They basically think Americans are crazy. And they want, what do you think about guns? Oh, no, we don't need no guns. No, no, those are bad. And, you know, if you have guns, people will be shooting each other. And now they have a situation where they're finding out why they need to have guns. Because you're having a, a government that has just ta gone totally berserk and destroying all individual liberties. And they have no means of fighting back. Now, when it gets to the outback and out in the, out in the boonies, those folks never gave up their guns. And they'll fight back, I think. But the people in the cities, 100% totally unarmed. And they're happy about it. You know, they've been brain dead and spoon fed. But uh, maybe they'll think twice now. 
maybe we should have kept our guns. Highly injected Oregon deploys National Guard troops to hospitals as post-vaccine Delta variant hospitalizations explode. Imagine that. So National Guard has to go in. Florida hospital caught trying to murder COVID patient to boost death numbers. Exactly. You know, they put them on remdesivir, which causes kidney failure and multiple organ failure uh, and several other things. And they blame it on the person died from COVID when actually they died from the drug that they put them on as the, you know, the Fauci recommended uh, protocol. Oh, heaven forbid we can't give them hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or budesonide, things that work and that are safe. No, we got them in the Fauci drug because that's what Fauci said. And we have to do what Fauci says because he's the Ferengi. Good grief. How that little puke is still being listened to by anybody is totally beyond me. Just as many, uh, just as many have warned, is taking place. The branch Covidians are now actively trying to kill people so they can blame it on COVID and pad the official pandemic numbers. The latest incident occurred at Sarasota Memorial Hospital in Florida, where medical personnel were caught refusing to administer antibiotic drugs to a patient who contracted pneumonia in an effort to terminate his life, according to Dr. Stefan Gufanti who was admitted to uh, that hospital back in August and shared a room with a patient in question. Workers at the hospital refused to order the drugs. When Galanti offered to help the man get what he needed, the hospital put Galanti in restraints, and he was as if he was a madman. Yeah, he was actually interviewed by Stu Peters last week. I guess Alex had him on his show, was it Monday afternoon, I think? So I like it. Stu Peters uh, scooped Alex. (laughs) I really like Stu Peters. But um, yeah, that interview was very, very interesting. I've got it posted on my uh, Telegram channel. And uh, just a quiet plug here. If you're not on Telegram, you should be there. I mean, that's a good place to get information. And uh, I have a channel there called Your DIY Health. You don't have to be invited. You can just sign up for it. Um, And I encourage you to do so. It's a good place to get a lot of stuff. I'm always digging up things and putting them on there, and I'm getting a lot of good stuff from Mark in the chat room, as uh, well as other people. But uh, I actually saw the uh, interview by uh, Stu Peters of Dr. Galante, and this guy, he was in the hospital, and he was sharing a room with this guy who was sick, and at one point, he was he could see that the guy wasn't getting the treatment he needed. He saw the x-rays because they showed the, you know, it was on the thing, and he could see him when the guy was, they were in the room showing this dude. And he said, that's not, you know, he's, he, the guy said it was, um, uh, oh, good grief. No, this was a different one. I'm getting some of my interviews crossed. But anyway, he saw that the guy had, uh, had um, uh, pneumonia, and he asked the guy, he says, would you like me to be your patient advocate? And the guy said, yes. So at that point on, the guy had legal authority to, you know, talk to the hospital staff and tell them, hey, this is what he wants. This is what you need to do. And, of course, the hospital wasn't having any of that, and they actually tied him down to a bed, rolled him off, and for like three or four hours he was stuck on a gurney, and uh, like he was crazy. And basically, I don't know if the guy ended up dying or not. Um, I can't remember how the interview panned out and if he even was able to tell. But it was obvious that that was what they were trying to do because you know, they wouldn't do the obvious necessary treatment. And it's, 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 a, it's crazy. Anyway, let's see here. Uh, 
Sergeant Oregon, thought, Washington, thought, and Canada. Uh, oh, go I ahead. Thought, uh, yeah, I thought um, uh, Fauci was on the hot seat and he was being investigated, or, or did they find a way to cover that up too? Uh, Fauci has, you know, he's been around a long time, and there's no question the guy ain't stupid. He has got stuff on everybody in D.C., I'm sure. And he pulls strings or whatnot. You know, there's no doubt in my mind. I, you know, if, if Trump had stayed in office, he'd be gone by now. But um, the the Democratic Party is, I think they're going to use him as a sacrificial lamb eventually. Uh, he's 80 years old. He's a billionaire. I mean, chances are nothing's going to happen to the dude, at least unless we get really going good here and then he'll be tried for war crimes or crimes against humanity but um as long as you know the biden abomination is there uh fauci's going to have a free reign probably until he really steps on it big time when it becomes obvious that the guy is i mean not just obvious to us but you know it gets to the point when even stevie wonder and lou rawls can see what's going on uh they'll cut him loose and and sacrifice him uh but I don't think anything's going to happen until then, unfortunately. Fauci's not going anywhere. He's counsel on foreign relations. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's He's been around long enough, and he knows how to play the game. And uh, it's probably not going to, nothing's going to change unless, you know, unless something major happens. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see what uh, what pans out. I just won't, you know, if I see the dude's lips moving, I know he's lying, just like any other, you know, globalist. And of course, the Democrats and half the Republicans. But yeah, you know, it's it's you know the only thing uh, it's interesting to see what's going on. But I'll tell you what, it's a uh, psyop, and you know, made for TV <laughs> is the best way to put it. Now, New York City restaurants are refusing to enforce vaccine passport mandate. Good for them. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what, you know, years ago you hear all this stuff all the time uh, with the states were complaining about the government. Uh, it's an unfunded mandate, Tenth Amendment stuff. And that's basically what's going on here. The government's saying you got to, you know, that can't let anybody in that doesn't have one of these. Well, that means in most cases they have to station an employee at the door whose only job is to check on these things. And that's money that they can't afford. I mean, most of these restaurants are about ready to go down the tube as it is. The last thing they can afford to do is post somebody doing virtually nothing that's going to make them any money. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's costing them money because people that would be coming in won't be because they're being stopped. So, you know, if I had a restaurant in, in Washington or New York City, I'd say the same thing. <laughs> Pound sand. If they come in, they want to sit down and have a food, I'll serve them. You know, that's it. But, uh, you know, that's that this whole thing is a massive uh, ploy to further divide uh, the people of this country, literally the people of the world. And as long as we're fighting amongst ourselves, it's harder to see what they're doing to us. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And, the trouble is, is the vaccinated, the injected people are such brain dead morons in most cases that they think that they're actually saving the world and that we're destroying the world. They've been programmed by the news media. So the chances of getting them to realize what's going on and, you know, lock arms with us against the people that are really causing the problems, slim to none. 
you know, and that's a, that's a sad thing because that's really the only thing that's going to solve this problem. Everybody has to stand up uniformly and say no. And until that happens, I mean, this crap is just going to march right on. Mark says, I think Fauci believes he can own the human genome, <laughs> edit genes using CRISPR technology, and create a never-ending de dependence on big pharma. Oh, they'd love to do that. Those who have received the real jab are well on their way to being owned. Good, quite possibly true. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Plain God. Yeah. What's that? Plain Plain God. <laughs> he's trying to play God, there's no question. And his day's coming, either in this life or the next. You know, I hope he just likes warm weather. <laughs> he's going to have trouble. But, uh, yeah. It, I, I was hoping there was something we could do to wake people up, but I honestly don't believe that's the case. You know, the way things are going... Uh, people are more dumbed down than they ever have been. Yeah, someone just needs might take him out. <laughs> you can bet that he gets in front of the wrong person. That'll definitely probably happen. But, uh, you know, until then, we're stuck with him. <sighs> oh, man. So, anybody else out there had any uh, situations they've run into? Uh, you know, mask Nazis, you know, you got to have the, the jab or you can't come in or what you've been experiencing out there. I'm just curious. Somebody's got to have some, some kind of a story. Hey, Jim. Yeah, go ahead. Samuel. Um, yeah, a friend of mine went to have her teeth cleaned. No dice. Got to have it. Otherwise, <laughs> you don't get your teeth cleaned. I was wondering that when I went, I went into the dentist this morning and I saw the sign on the door basically said, if you haven't been vaccinated, uh, you got to wear a face diaper. And I said, oh, here we go. And I had full intentions of, you know, stepping in a little further and turning around and walking right out again. Um, I, I went through that with my, my last dentist. This was, uh, this was a brand new person. I was just going for the first time. My last one, I had been, uh, I would go in every time I'd have my little uh, vaccine or uh, uh, medical exemption thing on my shirt, and they had never given me any grief about it, so I stopped doing it. The last time I went in, there was a new girl there, and she was wrapped up in stuff from head to toe, had a Tyvek gown on and a face diaper and everything, and oh, you got to have a face mask. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> I said, oh, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. I said, I've never worn one, and I ain't going to start now. And I said, I've got a medical exemption. Do you have anything that says so? Well, I hadn't brought my clip-on one, but I always have this one in my pocket. It was the first one I came up with. It's bigger. So I pulled it out and showed it to her. She said, okay, you're all right. <laughs> Just like that, she folded. And uh, today, it was the uh, same thing. I said, I've got a med you know, medical exemption, religious exemption. And uh, do you have anything? And so I pulled the thing out of my pocket, showed you, can I make a copy of it? Sure, help yourself. And she stuck it in my file, but never gave me any grief. And I went back, got my teeth cleaned, and everything was fine after that. Talked to the dentist and never had any problem. But I think that's, where you know, was this, uh, and where were you at, Samuel, when you were doing this? Was this California? 
Yeah, but in a small community, community, yeah, small community in the foothills, though you know, um, nothing, nothing uh, city wise. Just uh, morons are morons, and my my friend is also she's a title officer, and Hmm. she's in the organization, but she figures that at some point they're going to make it mandatory, and she's going to have to find new employment. You know, so. Yeah, it's uh, but uh, it's getting weird. We, we flew also. A friend and I went on a trip last week, and so the airlines you have to wear the mask on the airlines. And we went to the national parks. So if you want to go into all the visitor centers, you got to wear a mask. Oh jeez. So I I realized that that was going to be the case. So I did some research, and Deanna Spingola, one of the last shows she had on. She interviewed a guy who uh, has a company that they sort of did it to to just be helpful. They didn't really do it for profit to begin with. And they produced a a nanoparticle mask that actually works. It actually gets down into the nanoparticle area. And they originally did for athletes because they need so much extra air intake. Mm -hmm. You can hold this mask up, Jim, and you can see through it. Huh. Yeah, it's both to take down the nanoparticle size. So we were sort of happy to have it on because we were around all these spike protein people. Yeah. And I tell you what, I lost mine for a little while and I had to wear a regular one. Oh, was that miserable. Oh, uh, compared to this one. This one really did a good job as far as breathing. Um, do you have uh, the uh, information on that that you can stick in the chat room by any chance? Because I'm sure everybody here wouldn't mind having it just in case. Yeah, well, the company is called M with a, is Mary Packed Air. They're out of LA, and uh, you're breaking the up. mask is a 99. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, I don't know. Yeah, we're having a bad fire here. I'm, I'm close to the fire line right now. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> we're having, we're, we're, uh, they're, they're killing. I got home and uh, there was a small fire. Well, it's 30,000 acres now. Oh, geez. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, send me an email with the information on that thing and I'll get it posted tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> that way we can make sure okay. we have the right information. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like something that, you know, might be worth having. You know, if you're gonna, if you're going to do one, you might as well have something that actually works. And at the same time, if it gives you airflow... You know, my biggest thing, I would like to see one that um, uh, is impregnated with silver. Um, and I think somebody is making one. But, um, you know, I'm I'm not looking at it now because I've just flat out refused. Uh, but in the future, you know, if, if my plans play out and I get my boat and start traveling, you know, to go to other countries, I'm going to be at the mercy of whatever's going on there. And uh, the, if I can the, find something, we'll fight bacteria uh, it, at least. If you got your computer in front of you, Jim, try M as in Mary Packed Air 99. It should come. Well, the trouble is you're breaking up so much. I I got M as in Mary. After that, I don't know what you were getting at. P-A-C-T. P-A-C-T. M Packed as in. Okay, I think I know what you're saying. M Packed Air. I'm looking to see if that's it. I just didn't brought a new, uh, yeah, Impact Air 99. Okay. I'll put that in the chat. Do, 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 do. Another big yep. DC plane is going over. We're only 
Like we may have to evacuate soon. So, huh. yeah, I'll have to look at that. Interesting, but you know, I even if they have something like this, I still won't wear it just because I'm not going to buckle down to their crap. You know, I'm not doing well, something that, somebody you know? says I have to do it. You can kiss my butt. I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, if you stand your ground, I have yet to have anybody, you know, other than the stupid store here. Uh, well, Costco, they got to that point. But I've only had two places where when I stood up and said, no, I'm not wearing one. You got to give. But okay. You'll never well, see me again. But oh, there we go. We're out of time. Good grief. Time flies when you're having fun. And uh, it's been a good show. I appreciate everybody hanging around. You know, that was one thing when we started this and uh, I got doing the uh, the deal where we started in Jitsi. Uh, I was kind of wondering how many people would actually stick around and, you know, after, you know, Roger's show was over. But I'm really, you know, glad that people have been. I appreciate it and I'm glad you're uh, hopefully enjoying it. But, whoa. Let me turn that down a little bit. But anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. Mike Gaddy's going to be here. And if you haven't heard Mike, he is phenomenal. Uh, a constitutional scholar and historian. Uh, it'll be a great conversation. You won't want to miss it. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. And uh, take care and God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.